You're listening to 103.9 Life FM Gippsland. This is David Braithwaite with the local news headlines. The largest industrial estate in Gippsland is planned for Morwell. Proponents of the 100-hectare Icon Industrial Park expected to have a final economic value of up to $800 million and provide more than 3,250 direct and indirect jobs. The estate, currently empty paddocks, is bordered by the Princess Highway, Alexander's Road and the Bega Dairy Plant and is next to the Australian Paper Rail Line. The land was previously earmarked for a food manufacturing precinct. The first stage, over 10 hectares, targeted as a mixed-use commercial and retail centre, has been released to the market. The estate also includes two acres set aside for a petrol station and expansive parkland. Developer John Allum told the Latrobe Valley Express the estate was aimed at warehousing, storage and logistics companies, manufacturers and big commercial players like Costco. Integral to the project is $10 million from the state government which will be spent on infrastructure such as a roundabout giving access to the precinct. The decision to ban gas connections to new homes from next year is a response to inner city politics and not the result of good energy policy, according to State MP Danny O'Brien, whose Gippsland South electorate is the source of 90% of Victoria's gas. The state government last week announced that from January 1st, planning permits for new homes and residential subdivisions will only be connected to all electric networks. Mr O'Brien said the decision was another slap for the Gippsland region, while prohibiting gas from new home builds took the choice away from Victorian families and further narrowed energy options. The Nationals MP considered the decision premature, given uncertainty over gas reticulation and the prospect of a longer-term switch to hydrogen. Meanwhile, Mr O'Brien said Gippsland could benefit from the coming energy transition, including from offshore wind and hydrogen developments, but only if the right policy settings were in place. In a report to Parliament following a visit to Europe to better understand the offshore wind industry, Mr O'Brien outlined a suite of recommendations to ensure coming changes in the energy sector provided some benefit to Gippsland. Mr O'Brien urged the state government to develop the Barry Beach Marine Terminal in South Gippsland to be used as both an operations and maintenance base and potentially for construction activity if the region was to reap the benefits. Other recommendations included state and federal governments actively pursuing offshore wind component manufacturing facilities, that fishing and other marine users must be genuinely considered and that a seabed cable connection to the electricity grid be investigated. Mr O'Brien was also backing the development of the Gippsland hydrogen and carbon capture and storage industry, as well as improved outcomes from the creation of Pit Lake in La Trobe Valley coal mines. SO Australia has contracted a heavy-duty modern jack-up rig to undertake decommissioning activities across its offshore operations from late next year. ExxonMobil Australia Chairman Dylan Pugh said the Valaris 107 rig was critical to SO Australia's overall decommissioning strategy in Bass Strait. Mr Pugh said the company had completed almost $1 billion of early decommissioning works across its offshore operations over the past five years, with the Valaris 107 to play a pivotal role in the safe plug and abandonment of a number of wells. The Valaris 107 will be put to task completing the plug and abandonment of 26 wells across three platforms and five subsea locations. SO Australia has completed the plug and abandonment of 88 wells offshore using two platform-based rigs, as well as a multi-purpose support vessel, and has a light well intervention vessel set to arrive later this year. Three subsea facilities have been successfully removed, plug and abandonment has been completed on Whiting, and significant well decommissioning activities have progressed on Kingfish B, on Kingfish B, Fortescue and Mackerel platforms. 
A reticulated sewerage system in Walhalla is not currently warranted, according to a report handed down by the State Department of Energy, Environment and Climate Action. The mountainside town, known for its gold rush history and picturesque setting, has a permanent population of about 16 people, but the population swells to hundreds during the summer holiday season. Concerns over the impacts high visitor numbers were having on the township, particularly regarding the water quality of Stringers Creek, prompted the Walhalla community's call for the investigation. It was assumed that with the implementation of a sewage solution for Walhalla, that close to 180 Crown and privately owned allotments in Walhalla could be successfully developed, providing an economic boost for Walhalla from associated Crown land sales. An independent feasibility study into the options for wastewater management, a wastewater system risk assessment and water testing have been completed. Parallel to this work, a planning feasibility study was conducted for areas identified for potential development and Crown land sale with the intent to provide a much-needed economic boost for Walhalla. Among the key findings, there was no public health issue or risk requiring action or investment within Walhalla and that capital investment in a reticulated sewerage scheme in the township was not currently warranted. The report acknowledged the Walhalla area faced major strategic planning issues and found that proposed Crown land sales could not be supported due to significant risks relating to bushfire, access, slope and biodiversity impacts. Potential development and land sale opportunities were also costed at a substantially lower value than previously assumed. It was recommended that these strategic planning issues impacting on future development in Walhalla be referred for consideration in the Walhalla Master Plan by Borbor Shire Council. This is 1039 Life of Them Gippsland.